Welcome to this episode of the WAGOP Report. My guest today is House Republican Leader, Representative J.T. Wilcox. I've known J.T. for over a decade. Um, he's been serving in the legislature from the 2nd Legislative District in Pierce County. For the past few years, he's served as the Republican Leader. Uh, I've seen him all across the state, traveling everywhere working hard to raise money, recruit good candidates for the State House of Representatives. He's often speaking at uh, campaign kickoffs for those representatives, traveling to our county party functions across the state. So I've really appreciated getting to know him and work with him uh, to advance the Republican cause and good, good people elected. So JT, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thanks very much for that kind introduction, Caleb. And in fact, I got home about 10 minutes ago uh, from uh, Chelan County, where uh, Kerry Condotta invited me to speak to Chelan County Republicans. Really, really fun meeting, uh, a bunch of motivated people, and they are working like longtime political pros on some local government races. So that was really fun to see. Yeah, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. And that's a, a great reminder that uh, we're less than 10, two weeks, two weeks, 10 days basically away from that important local election with school board, city council. So if you're listening to this and you haven't voted yet, please do get your ballots in. Um, but uh, JT, kind of, can we just start with how are, how are you feeling? What are you looking forward to over the next year? And how are you feeling after the last kind of 18 months and 600 days of Governor Inslee's emergency, emergency powers? Well, that's like a tale of two cities. <laughs> there is nobody who believes in liberty and freedom and, and understands uh, you know, what our government is designed to do that can feel great about the last 18 months. I'm 100% sure that the folks back in 1889 that uh, wrote the Constitution for Washington uh, ever envisioned that we would have something this close to uh, single person rule. And I don't think the people that drafted the laws that go back to the 1980s that uh, laid out how uh, emergency powers work ever thought that it would last for more than 600 days. So that part is profoundly distressing. Uh, and then when you look towards the future, uh, I am deeply optimistic, more so than I have ever been uh, about elections in 22. There's an ironclad rule of uh, politics uh, in our country. Since uh, World War II, there's only been two elections where the party that didn't hold the White House didn't gain seats. And we know that landslides come when the party that holds power in the White House and in the governor's mansion in Olympia, um, when, when they have been guilty of overreach, that's when you get landslides. And I think there's not a lot of people on the center or the right who don't believe that both President Biden and Governor Inslee have been guilty of grave overreach and gross incompetence in many cases. So uh, in terms of uh, elections and the opportunity for Republicans to have majorities that will make a difference uh, in Olympia, uh, I think this is the greatest opportunity in a generation. And we've got to be sure that our number one goal is to take advantage of that. Because as you know, uh, nothing happens uh, that is very great from our perspective without majorities. Uh, every single decision is based on the Speaker of the House uh, in uh, the House of Representatives and the committees. And every single committee has a majority of Democrats right now. And if we're going to change anything, that has to change first. And uh, 
let's let's focus on the election side how how do we do that what do we need to do and what are some of the districts and and what's the path to get us where we need to be well first of all uh, we're in the middle of redistricting that happens every 10 years and we don't know what any district is going to be like and uh, that's a little bit of a challenge when it comes to recruiting because a good savvy candidate wants to know what the district looks like before they uh, make a commitment that is going to affect their family for at least a year. And uh, so districts, uh, you know, we know that to pick up seats, you have to win in swing districts. We know that swing districts are uh, clustered around the Puget Sound area. That is really the only part of the state that Republicans don't dominate, with the exception of uh, a few isolated places like Vancouver, Bellingham, uh, and downtown Spokane and the Olympic Peninsula. So Puget Sound is where we uh, have to battle for a uh, majority. And uh, that is why our messaging, when it comes to working for a majority, has to concentrate on the things that are most important in the Puget Sound area. That doesn't mean that rural issues aren't important. Everybody knows that I am uh, fundamentally a rural guy and I've almost never even lived within uh, a city limits in my life. Uh, but I understand that my job is to do everything possible for a majority. And uh, I, I spent six years as the House Republican floor leader, which is the greatest job uh, in Olympia. Uh, being the, the opposition floor leader is a great deal of fun. And I learned an awful lot about wedge issues. And I used to define for the caucus a wedge issue like this. It's an issue that unites us and divides the other side. And when it comes to elections, those are just as important. We want to find the things where Republicans can find common ground uh, with independent voters and, and even some open-minded Democrats and issues that at the same time split the Democratic uh, coalition. And, uh, you know, the Democrats have handed us uh, a huge number of very powerful issues. Those are the things that we're going to be talking about the most, and we're going to try hard to avoid the bear traps that the Democrats set to divide us, right? Because they're trying to do the opposite. They're, they're trying to distract us by talking about the things that will divide us. So uh, we're gonna be talking about taxes like we always do. Every voter knows the Republicans don't believe in increasing taxes. Every voter knows, and we're gonna make sure that they remember it, that the Democrats have no limit when it comes to the taxes that they're gonna propose. And there is a separate issue on a separate tax that is a very hot issue right now, and that is uh, the long-term healthcare tax. That's a payroll tax. Uh, it has people that are very progressive up in arms because they understand that it's gonna be deducted from their paycheck, whether they want it to be deducted or not. Anybody that is young and expects their career to take them out of state is not gonna be able to use this. And it's a bad deal anyway. It's going to be hitting people's paychecks in January. So it's gonna be a great 2022 issue huge mistake on the part of the Democrats. And another issue has to do with one of the fundamental um, missions of government. That's to keep people safe and protect their property. And uh, I think uh, it has become very plain that the Democrats have decided that ideology is way more important than safety for people. And all we have to do is look at Seattle and, and some polls that have been done recently by both Republican and Democrat organizations that uh, show that, that even some of the most loyal parts of the Democratic coalition, um, ethnic voters, people of color, are splitting uh, on some Seattle city races because they believe in public safety, just like Republicans believe in public safety. 
So great issue to unite us with non-traditional Republican voters and split the Democrats right down the middle. Yeah, those are two great issues to highlight on the public safety piece. For those that maybe weren't in Olympia, can you just remind people of how Republicans were advocating for reforms in those bills, um, trying to change those, trying to protect some of our law enforcement capabilities? And ultimately, as you said, when you, when you don't have the majority, uh, the majority gets to pass the bill and pass the bill that they wanted. But I think it's important for people to understand that even in that process, even in the minority, Republicans were advocating for public safety for the people of Washington state. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, there's 57 Democrats and 41 uh, Republicans in Washington. And uh, Democrats have had pretty impressive um, partisan solidarity. I said in Washington, I'm in the House of Representatives for Washington. Hopefully there's more than 41 Republicans in the state of Washington. Uh, and so we have found that every contentious vote comes out 5741. They are not breaking. Uh, unlike, you know, some pretty courageous Democrats that you see in the U.S. Senate, in Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema, for example. Uh, but uh, when it came to uh, public safety, uh, we knew that there was going to be uh, a number of bills come forward that dealt with practices that the police uh, have adopted uh, that might be prohibited, uh, tactics and, and equipment, and also liability for police. And uh, we have never disputed the idea that we can do better with policing and that everybody should be safe and that no one should be less safe because of their color or because of where they live. So uh, along with, uh, I think, uh, all responsible police organizations, we wanted to create reform. But what I said on the very first press availability of the session and repeated at the very last and every single one in between is, our job is to preserve the tools that are necessary to keep us safe and at the same time do everything that we can to make sure that they're not going to be misused. And in order to do that, uh, we put in maximum effort at every level. That starts at uh, the uh, policy committee where we offered many, many amendments uh, in cooperation with uh, police organizations. It was very difficult to make those stick, A, because of partisan solidarity, but B, because there were a lot of police that are either prohibited from testifying or are afraid that they're going to be labeled. Uh, and uh, I think they have learned that that's not a sustainable position for them. And uh, you're gonna see some major workarounds for how they can get their testimony in the record in the future. And then you do the same thing uh, on the floor of the House of Representatives and you make sure that it's very plain to every single Democrat that's voting for those things that they're making a mistake. Uh, they passed anyway, because uh, I think that politics has become a lot more ideology than competence or practicality anymore. But it became apparent immediately that they had made major mistakes. And I think it's quite plain that they are going to try to do the most minor fixes as possible during the next session. Our job is to continually offer opportunities to expand those fixes so that we have something that is workable and will keep us safe in the end, but it'll be up to those 57 Democrats to decide whether or not they're going to listen to that. Yeah, and uh, and when, when we get the majority, I assume this would be a high priority for Republican legislators to uh, make those needed fixes, correct? Well, there is a, a long list of priorities that we have, and so the you know, there's two jobs, get a majority and number two, keep it so that 
you can institute the things that are necessary to get us back on the right track. So that would absolutely be one of the major priorities along with things like uh, emergency powers reforms that uh, I think would also be at the top of our list. And we are going to offer all those Democrats who on occasion when pressed have said that uh, they think that there needs to be reform to the governor's emergency powers to vote yes or no on that. And by the way, we offered those opportunities last session as well. There are some procedural motions uh, that uh, you know can, can potentially bring a bill to the floor over the objections of the speaker. However, when they had that opportunity, every single Democrat voted no to, to bring a, a good bill to the floor and every single Republican voted yes uh, for emergency uh, powers reform. Yeah, I think that uh, I was just going to ask you about that, because as as I'm sure you know, and you hear, that's one of the top issues I hear when I'm traveling around the state talking to Republicans is, as we said at the beginning, is a frustration, a feeling like nobody's listening, because our system's not designed for one individual to make these decisions unilaterally, arbitrarily, and they feel like we don't have a voice. And I think it's important, and I remember when you brought that forward, that Republicans used a procedural method to bring a vote straight to the floor. And as you said, every Republican voted yes to reform, and every Democrat voted no. And that's uh, one, I, I just thank you for, for bringing that. And I guess the, the question would be, can you just give a couple of the examples of how you and Republicans, even in the minority, have been pushing back have been, I've seen countless press releases, media availabilities, speaking out on where you stand and how we'd like to see fixes. But ultimately, uh, you, can, you can say a lot, you can do a lot, but until we have the power, uh, you can't really change anything, right? Well, that's fundamentally true. That doesn't mean that we don't try and we have some successes. It was a lot uh, more successful when we had 48 members to 50 uh, Democrats, uh, those were some periods of, uh, of kind of lower democratic ambitions, but 57 empowers them. And I, I guess the thing that, that I think is so important that we remember, elections got us into this mess and only elections are gonna get us out. There, there are no magic words that we can say there, uh, you know, are no actions that you can take that override the result of an election that gave Democrats 57 votes to 41 uh, for the House of Representatives. And so this is why I say we're gonna do our absolute best during the session, but our number one priority uh, is to take advantage of the opportunity that history is giving us, along with uh, President Biden and uh, Governor Inslee, they are providing us this opportunity to convince people in Washington that we need a change in direction. And uh, we're not gonna be diverted by any of the divisive traps that are laid by Democrats to get off this message of the things that unites us with um, independent voters uh, and divides the other side. And those are the issues that I just mentioned for the most part. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, also, you're asking, yeah, these, uh, I, I've never seen our caucus so busy. You know, theoretically, they've done studies in the past as they tried to adjust what a legislator gets paid. Uh, you know, and that's the funny thing, people see congressional salaries, which are a couple hundred thousand and think that's what uh, the members of my caucus get. They, they get paid, uh, I'm not sure what the current number is, I think it's high 40s. And it, it is designed to be a job that, uh, you know, maybe is a thousand hours a year out of the 2000 that would be a full-time job. 
I think almost all my members are working at this job uh, full-time or more than full-time now. And probably the best way to see the large number of uh, speeches, press releases, op-eds, uh, communications with constituents is in a news aggregator. I, I asked our communications department to put together something that's kind of like the Dredge Report for Washington, and it's called the Washington State Ledger. And if you Google uh, Washington State Ledger, you will find it under the uh, House Republicans, uh, and uh, it it will put everything together with you uh, for you as well as uh, quite a few important pieces of news for the state of Washington. But the part that I think is most useful is uh, the thing that uh, aggregates almost everything uh, that is electronic or in writing that House Republicans do, and you will see very very busy members. Yeah, absolutely. The speeches, videos, press releases, statements, letters. Uh, it's been a constant drumbeat over the last 18 months of what Republicans would like to do, how Republicans could reinsert the voice of the people into the process. So that's the Washington State Ledger. If you Google that, you can find it and we'll post it on our social media. I guess the, the last question as we look kind of over the next year, uh, what would you encourage anybody that's listening? Like, what can they do to help us get where we need to be in winning some elections going forward? Well, I would say uh, first uh, get a hold of your uh, county Republican organization. They all have websites. Uh, thanks to you, uh, we've put together a chat thread that unites all of the county chairs that want to participate uh, along with me, and I can share a lot of uh, information with them. Uh, and I think we're working together with uh, the county Republican structure more than we ever have. So reach out to your county uh, operations via their websites, uh, offer to be a PCO, uh, they can appoint PCOs and uh, make sure that you're in their database because as we get close to elections, there is an immense amount of work to do and it is often electronic in nature so that uh, someone who is just a little bit adept with their cell phone, for example, uh, can uh, access lists of voters to call, for example, for get out the vote. People don't really understand there's, there's really two sides of every campaign. There is the part that is convincing people, and then there's the part that, you know, is designed to make sure that people vote. And especially in a non-presidential year, uh, the side that does the best job of convincing people to fill out their ballot and uh, get it in so it can be counted uh, often is the one that wins. And believe it or not, we put together get out the vote efforts that touch uh, voters that are a little slower to vote up to 14 times. That's how many times it takes to get a, a less motivated voter to vote. And if we can do that with you know human beings that are committed and volunteers on the phone or even um, texting because we can provide lists for that too, uh, then we can really multiply your ability to have an impact. It's not just the vote that, uh, that you take, it's the many, many votes that you may uh, motivate others to cast for us. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors to vote. And if you sign up at our website, wsrp.org to volunteer or get involved with your county, you can help making calls to identified Republicans that haven't voted yet. Because we've, as we vote by mail, we know what day, whether a person has turned their ballot in or not. And so during that last three weeks, reminding people to vote, get that ballot in makes all the difference. 
in winning or losing. I mean, some of these races that uh, the House Caucus has supported candidates and the party's been involved come down to 50 votes, 60 votes. And so every effort makes a huge difference. So Representative Wilcox, thank you for joining us. Thank you for all you've been doing to work with our county party uh, infrastructure, communicating with the county chairs, letting them know what's happening in Olympia. We'll look forward to doing that again for this short session next year and looking forward to win the majority with you in 2022. So thank you very much for joining us and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks very much, Caleb. Appreciate all that you do. Thank you.